many times women need to be tapped on the shoulder seven times before they will actually believe that they are valuable enough to be in that position. When Shelley L. Morse began teaching, she never thought that she would end up as the president of not only her provincial teachers' union, but also the president of the Canadian Teachers' Federation. As a teacher, school counselor, and school administrator, Shelley has served public education at large and the teaching profession in her home province of Nova Scotia. From 2012 to 2016, Shelley was the president of the Nova Scotia Teachers' Union, also known as NSTU, and director of the Council of Atlantic Provinces and Territories Teacher Organizations. Shelley has demonstrated leadership and a prolonged impact at the national level through a wide range of capacities within the CTF-FCR, including member of the Board of Directors, Vice President, and notably President from 2019 to 2021. A tireless champion for women's rights in Canada and abroad, she has attended Education International's World Women's Conference and the United Nations Commission for the Status of Women. Throughout her career, Shelley has been and continues to be a pillar in teacher unionism and a shining example of the power of women in leadership. Hello, I'm your host, Juliana Mako, and welcome to Your Source for Everything and Anything Public Education in Canada. We're happy to be back with another episode in our Women Leaders in Education podcast series. In this episode, you'll learn more about Shelley's leadership journey, along with her involvement within her union and the important role that the union played in her career, the challenges facing women pursuing leadership roles and how to overcome them, her time as the president of the NSTU and the CTF FCR, and much more. Shelley is also the recipient of the 2022 CTF FCR Special Recognition Award, which is presented at the 2022 CTF FCR Annual General Meeting. This award recognizes Shelley for a meritorious service to education and the teaching profession at the provincial, national, and international levels. We hope you'll enjoy our conversation with Shelley. It's wonderful to be here with you, and we just wanted to know a little bit about your leadership journey, how you got involved with the union, and kind of where you are today. So to start off, tears into pandemic. And uh, you just finished your two-year term as the president of the Canadian Teachers Federation, most of which was during a pandemic. How was that? It was a, an interesting way to serve as a president. Always working virtually had its challenges for sure, but sometimes we were able to reach more people because of the virtual format. But I still enjoyed my time. I would have loved to have been in Ottawa, but the pandemic just had other plans for us. Now, going back to your roots, back to Nova Scotia, where you started off in the classroom, can you tell us a little bit about your experience in the classroom? Sure. I started out in 1984, and I taught grade two for the majority of my career taught the other grade levels during the career as well, but most of the time was spent in elementary. I did classroom guidance counseling and vice principal for the last, well, 10 years of my career. And just before I went into my last year, the McNeil government took administrators out of the union. So I resigned my position as a VP and went back to the classroom so I could remain in the union. It's the, the union is important to me and I know the protections it holds and I wasn't willing to deal with a board who I had no idea how we were going to be treated and no contract to protect us. So you're in the classroom, got involved in the union, yes. then you went back to the classroom. 
So what was the key motivator there? You mentioned with the government and things that were unjust. Was there something or someone maybe that kind of tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, you should go into this position? What was the motivation there? So I was a classroom teacher and I noticed on my paycheck that the union was taking money away from me and I didn't know what they were doing with that money. And so I thought, I'll get involved. I'll see what the union is all about. And I started that my first year of teaching and I stayed in involved in the union throughout my career and spent 35 years doing that work. I guess 37 if I count CTF as well. And what was your motivation to run for president of the Canadian Teachers Federation? I'm sure when you joined the union, I don't know if you envisioned yourself there, if you imagined yourself. How did that kind of look? I really didn't even know about CTF as a young teacher, but I started in uh, leadership positions. Once I, I got my feet wet as a school rep and serving on committees, then I took on other leadership roles within my local union. So I started out as a, a vice president of professional development. And then I became the president of the King's Local. And our C chair, which that's the regional representative council for my region, which has three locals, I became the chair of that and a grievance chair. And then I went to provincial executives, which is the provincial body that oversees everything in the union between our annual councils. And during my involvement on the PE, I had no visions of being the president. But as time went on and things began to change, I thought, I think I want to be in that job. And I had people encourage me because of the work they had seen me do in previous roles. So I ran for the president of the Nova Scotia Teachers Union, became president, and got to know CTF better. I had been a CTF delegate for the NSTU. You don't really get to see the inner workings until you're sitting at the board. So that sparked my interest and the position became available. So I put my name forward. That's wonderful. Now, throughout that entire journey, were there some barriers or challenges that you had to overcome and how did you deal with those? There certainly were lots of barriers because in 1985, there weren't a lot of female leaders. We were in a profession that is 73% female. But most of the leadership positions in administration and in the union were held by men. And it was really difficult to break in. And it took some time, but I stayed at it. I was taught as a young child that hard work and determination will get you what you want. So I kept plugging away, kept serving on committees, let the people, the men who were the ones that were controlling whether or not you got these positions know that I did have things to add. I did have value. I did know the work that I wanted to do, and I just needed an opportunity to do it. Right. And along their way, were there any mentors, or sometimes we use the term femtors, that helped you out? Sure. There were men, too, that pushed me once they got over the fact that I was going to be a woman in leadership. But there were certainly women. Mary Ellen Carpenter, she had been involved in the union for a long time, and we used to call her the wise owl because she could always come up with solutions that no one else thought of. So I always looked up to her, and she encouraged me to take on those leadership roles. Belinda Snow, many of the teachers that I worked with. So there, were, there certainly were females who encouraged me and kept pushing me. And many times women need to be tapped on the shoulder seven times before they will actually believe that they are valuable enough to be in that position. Right, right. So being the president of the Canadian Teachers Federation, what kind of message do you think that sends to teachers in the classroom who maybe want to pursue leadership? I think it lets them know that leadership is there. 
it's time for us to step up, for us to take on those roles. As I said before, we are the majority of the teaching profession, and there should be more female leaders in the leadership roles. We should be at those decision-making tables. So uh, my advice to people is to do the work to get to those tables and show your value and show what you have to offer. Right. And with that being said, do you have any advice maybe for those pursuing leadership? Uh, just that there will be hurdles and there will be barriers, but you work around those. You keep talking to people. You keep getting support from others and you keep moving up the ladder and until you are where you want to be. Wonderful. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Sure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode in our Women Leaders in Education series. We have plenty more episodes coming your way, so remember to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. Thank you for listening and tuning in to Your Source.